right, hello everybody and welcome to the Simple Power Podcast where we think and talk practically about the presence and the power of God. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra, and I'm really just blessed and honored to have the opportunity to share with you this week. And I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into things today. So I wanted to talk a little bit about hope. You know, a lot of people right now, I'm, I'm looking around and I'm sure you're looking around too, whether it's people around you, people that you know, people on social media or whatever. And I'm seeing a lot of people right now acting as if they have no hope. And I really just want to remind you, first of all, of the hope that you have, the hope that you carry. There are a lot of people out there who have no hope because there is no hope apart from Jesus. Look, Donald Trump is not your hope. Joe Biden is not your hope. The Republican Party is not your hope. The Democratic Party is not your hope. The only hope that this world has is Jesus. And here's the deal. The simple fact that you know Jesus, the simple fact that you carry his presence with you means that you have hope. You have come to know hope and you carry hope with you. And that simple reality right there, the fact that you have hope, gives you so much authority, maybe a lot more authority than you actually realize that you carry. Because there's something that always happens, and I'll show this to you in scripture in just a minute. When people walk around without hope, it leads to despair. It leads to sorrow. And so the fact that you have access to hope, which is everything that this, it's what this world needs right now, that right there gives you so much authority. You know, people are thinking that 2021 is going to be as bad or worse as 2020. And I see a lot of Christians talking about that as well. I see a lot of posts on social media and all over the place where Christians or people I know are basically talking about, you know, how 2021 is going to be just as bad. It's going to be worse. You know, people that were really excited to be starting 2020 and they had promises from God and they were making the resolutions and setting goals and all that kind of stuff, which people tend to do at the beginning of a new year. And then 2020 did not pan out for many, many people as they hoped it would or as they thought it would. And so now there's this idea of, well, I don't want to get my hopes up this year. I don't want to do that again because it didn't work out for me last time. Look, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to invite you. Get your hopes up. Don't be afraid to get your hopes up because God can handle your hope. God goes so far above what we can think ask, dream, imagine. He is so much bigger than we are. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So don't be afraid to get your hopes up. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Get them up. Get your hopes up. Set your hope, set your expectation high for this new year and for what God is going to do. I see a lot of people walking around without hope because of what 2020 looked like or because of what the past few years have looked like or because of whatever. I see a lot of people walking around as if they have no hope because of the spiritual climate of our country right now. I know that uh, people listen to this in other countries. So for, for, for those that are in the United States and the events of this past week with the, the, the counting of the, uh, the certification in Congress of the Electoral College votes and everything that happened with the storming of the Capitol and all of that, it was a lot of a egregious things happened. And I know there's so much division in our nation right now. It's been going on for a very long time. I know a lot of people are tired. I know a lot of people are feeling that their expectations were not reached. I know a lot of people are looking at all kinds of different things and feeling like we are without hope, like they are without hope. I remind you again, 
Your hope should not be in a political party. Your hope should not be in a political figure. Your hope should not be in a person or an ideology or a religion. Your hope should not be in any of that. Your hope should not be in anything other than the person of Jesus Christ. He is the only one who will never fail you. He is the only one who will never let you down. And I didn't plan on this, but let me just hit that for just a minute because there may be somebody listening feeling like that God did let them down this past year. You know, there may be somebody listening that feels like that God has somehow forsaken them or abandoned them or forgotten about them. And I think if we're honest, we've probably all felt like that at one time or another. And I just want to encourage you because God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. God has not forgotten about you. He has not forgotten about your situation. He cares so intensely about you. He is so intent on prospering you and bringing you into his goodness so that you could experience his goodness. And I just want to encourage you that whatever it might look like around you right now, that God is still faithful, that God has not given up on you, that God has not forgotten about you. And I want to encourage even you, you feel like, this world has been cruel to you this past year or maybe, you know, this past decade or even longer. If you feel like circumstances have not gone in your favor at all, I still want to encourage you. I want to invite you. I want to give you permission. I want you to have permission to get your hopes up, recognizing that you can still have that joyful anticipation and expectation of the goodness of God because he has not stopped being good. He has not stopped being good and he never will. And let me just tell you, that's what hope is. Hope is not about wish, a wish. It's not just wishing for something or, you know, like, oh, I hope this happens. I hope this works out. I, you know, that's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about hope. When I'm talking about biblical hope, when I'm talking about the kind of hope that God gives, that the kind of hope that every single believer has access to and that actually exists on the inside of us in the person of Jesus Christ who dwells within us by way of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about that joyful anticipation and expectation of the goodness of God. That's what hope is. That's what hope is. It's not just about wishing for something. It's not just about, you know, like I said, hoping that something good might happen someday. Maybe if we're, you know, if we do all the right things, it's not about that. Hope is about that joyful anticipation and expectation that what God has spoken, that what God has declared, that what God has promised, both in his word, in his written word, in the Bible, and those personal promises that he's given to you, those things that he's spoken to you, the things that you have written down in your journal, those prophetic words that you've received. Maybe you've got audios saved on your on your cell phone or on some audio recorder somewhere of prophetic words that you've received or things that God has shared with you or spoken to you. I encourage you, go back to those things. Get those things in front of you. Go back to those promises that you have recorded. And hey, if you don't have any promises recorded, you know, I've made the mistake many, many times of not writing down when God spoke to me or not recording it into my phone or whatever the case may be. I want to challenge you. Start doing that this year. Start keeping a record and a history of all the things that God is showing you the breakthroughs that you're having, the things that God has spoken to you, because then you can go back to that history record with God and you can be like, oh yeah, God came through for me back then. You know, it looked like I was surrounded in darkness way back then, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 20 minutes ago, whatever. And God came through then. And if God came through then, then that tells me that he's good and that he's faithful. And it tells me that he will come through again for me in this situation right now, going back to that 
history, record, and account that we're all building with God. It helps us to stand in faith and to have that hope, that joyful expectation and anticipation that God is good and that he will continue to be good. And I just want to read a verse to you um, just to kind of give you an idea here um, about hope. And the context of this verse is not specifically what I'm talking about because it's actually in this verse, in this passage, Paul is actually specifically talking about death and grieving over loved ones that have passed away. So it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. And he says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. In other words, those who have died, those who have passed away. Don't be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Listen to this. Lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. Lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. This is what I said that I was going to share with you earlier. And I just want to kind of speak to this in, in, in a general sense. Okay. Look, we do not need to sorrow as those who have no hope because we are not as those who have no hope. We once had no hope. We once had no hope before we knew Jesus. Yeah, we had no hope, but because Jesus lives inside of us, because he has set us free, because he has redeemed our lives from destruction, we are not as those who have no hope. We have hope and our hope has a name and his name is Jesus. So Paul's like, look, don't be like those who sorrow as though they have no hope. It doesn't mean that you'll never have sorrowful moments or days. It doesn't mean that you'll never be sad. You know, it's not wrong to be sad. It's not wrong to be sorrowful. It's not wrong to grieve. It's not wrong to grieve when you experience a tragedy, when someone close to you that you loved passes away. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. You should grieve. You should have those moments, right? Jesus wept, okay? <laughs> let's, let's not get over spiritual about this stuff. But I like actually how the Passion Translation described it. It uses the phrase, overwhelmed with grief, so it's like, don't be overwhelmed with grief as those who don't have hope. Don't be overwhelmed with grief. Don't be overwhelmed by sorrow. And that's what happens when you do not have hope or when you live as those who have no hope. You get overwhelmed by sorrow. You open yourself up to become overwhelmed by darkness, to become overwhelmed by the schemes of the enemy to become overwhelmed and to be carried about, as Paul would say later on, by every wind of doctrine, just kind of out there in the open and not really sure what's going on and you get confused and you just open that door for all kinds of things to take over your thought life and to affect your mindset and the way that you think. And it's just not necessary because we are not as those who have no hope. We have hope and hope has a name and his name is Jesus. Don't be overwhelmed. And this brings me back to a question that I've asked uh, probably many times before on this podcast. What overshadows you? What is overshadowing you today? Because David in Psalm 23 was like, I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. But he says, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. His focus was not on the death. His focus was not on the shadow of death, not on the valley that he was walking through. Look, here's the deal. He was walking through it. What happens when you get overwhelmed by fear or overwhelmed by grief or overwhelmed by sorrow, overwhelmed by darkness, overwhelmed, you know, impressed with the schemes of the enemy and stuff like that? 
You know, the Bible says that we shouldn't be ignorant to the enemy's devices. We don't pretend he doesn't exist. We don't pretend that problems aren't there, but we don't have to get overwhelmed by them. We don't have to allow those things to overshadow us. What happens when you get overshadowed by darkness, when you get overshadowed by death, when you get overshadowed by those things, then what happens is you kind of just sit down there in the valley and you let it have its way. You let it overtake you. You let it impress you. You let it get into it, get on the inside of you and it doesn't belong there. Right? And so he's like, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He recognized this is a shadow. This is not something that can actually harm me. This is not something that can actually take me out, that can actually undo God's plan and God's promise for my life. So I'm going to walk through this thing and continue to direct my focus and my attention toward the one who is and who was and who is to come. You anchor your hope. You anchor your faith. You anchor your expectation in the goodness of God, in what he's promised you. And it allows you to walk through even those situations that are shrouded in darkness. And I I like to compare this to Psalm 91, because in Psalm 91, the psalmist is like, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So there's another shadow. We had the shadow of death in Psalm 23, and now we have the shadow of the Almighty in Psalm 91. So again, my question is, what is overshadowing you? There are shadows, listen to this, there are shadows to walk through and there are shadows to live under. Don't get them confused. Don't live under the shadow of death. Don't live under the shadow of 2020. Don't live under the shadow of bad news or the shadow of coronavirus or the shadow of your failed business or the shadow of your delayed dreams. Don't live under those kinds of shadows because God has not changed his mind about you or about his plans for you. And when you live under, when you abide under the shadow of the Almighty, recognizing that you live in the shadow of his wings, that he surrounds you with his love, that he surrounds you with his goodness, that he surrounds you with protection and security in spite of what it may look like to your natural eye out here in the natural world that we live in. But that empowers you and positions you to walk through any shadow of death, situation, valley, desert, destruction, whatever kind of negative situation that you encounter, it allows you to walk through it, recognizing that you live from a higher reality. And that reality goes beyond what you see with your natural eye. Again, this is not about denying the existence of problems. This is not about you know, living in fantasy, you know, la-la land, acting like nothing bad ever happens. And, you know, it's not about that. It's about anchoring our hope in a higher reality. And that reality is that he has already won our victory, that he is who he is, that he does not change, that his promises for you have not changed, that he's with you and that he's faithful in every single moment of your life. Hope is such a valuable commodity. We need to hang on to it because hope actually sets the goal for faith. Again, I'm not talking about wishful thinking. That's not the kind of hope that I'm talking about. I'm talking about that joyful anticipation of God's goodness. Hope is so powerful because it actually gets you excited now for what you haven't seen happen yet. Like in Isaiah 60 verse 1, one of my favorite verses of all time, 
Arise, shine, for your light has come. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Well, it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. I'm not seeing all the light right now. It doesn't feel like it right now. Yeah, that's great. Get up and shine anyway. Isaiah 54, sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. <laughs> says the Lord. I know that that's not what it looks like right now. It doesn't look like it. This is, I'm in barrenness. I'm in desolation. This hasn't happened yet. I haven't seen the faithfulness of God come through like I thought I would. I haven't seen that dream come to pass like I thought it would. I haven't seen this promise of God established like I thought. I haven't, it hasn't worked out at all. It looks like it's actually the opposite. It looks like everything's falling apart. I get it. But God's like, sing, sing, O Baron, break forth into singing. Shout now. Don't wait until you see everything in front of you. Do it now. That's what hope does. He goes on in Isaiah 54 verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Well, what's the point? Look, the imagery here is that of a, a woman who hasn't been able to have a baby. It's, it's barrenness. And he's like, begin to stretch out now, expand now, build the nursery now, paint the walls now, <laughs> I don't know, buy the crib now, buy the car. You know, uh, this, this, is, this is imagery, okay? This is like, like, set up for it now, position yourself for it now, have that anticipation, that joyful expectedness of what God is going to do. Why? Because from the moment God promised you, from the moment God said it, it was already done. It was already accomplished in the realm of the spirit. So break forth into singing and cry aloud, arise, shine. Well, that doesn't make sense. Why should I expand before I've seen the breakthrough? Why should I sing? Why should I rejoice? Why should I shout now before I've seen it happen? I'll give you one word, hope, hope. That's what hope does. Hope gets you looking forward to what God has promised with expectation and joyful anticipation that what he has promised is already done. Come on, somebody. You see, um, faith actually requires you to do something. It's fully God-focused. It's always God-focused. But James would write, faith without works is dead. So faith actually requires partnership with God. <laughs> but here's the deal. Faith doesn't work so well if you don't have the hope to stand up with expectation, with joyful anticipation that what God has promised will be accomplished. And in fact, and in fact excuse me, it's already been accomplished because from the moment that God spoke it, it was already done. Don't anchor your hope in the president of a nation. Don't anchor your hope in a political party. Don't anchor your hope in what happened in the United States last Wednesday. Don't anchor your hope in any of that. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, While we look not at the things which are seen, with the natural eye, but at the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are unseen are eternal. Political terms and offices are temporary. Presidents and people and friendships and relationships and businesses, all these things are temporary. I'm not saying they don't matter. They do matter. The things God has spoken to you about, the things God has promised you in terms of their natural presence here in this world, those things matter. If they didn't matter, then God wouldn't have said it in the first place. But what I'm saying to you is anchor your hope 
anchor your faith in the unseen realm because that realm is actually higher than this realm. The realm where where God has promised you the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, the promises of God, the truth of God's word, all of that, it's a higher reality than what you see in front of you with your natural eye. If you you look in Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to start wrapping this up here, but in Genesis chapter 1, It's like in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then the next verse, I think it's verse three, then God said, let there be light and there was light. Let there be light and there was light. Listen to this. God says, let there be and there was Let there be light, and light already was. If you go back to the original translation, it's light be, and light already was. What God says, what God has spoken to you, the promises of God to you, every word that God has spoken to you, it was already accomplished in the realm of the Spirit. Now, I I want you to pay attention to this, because the realm of the Spirit... I might be getting out there for some people right now, but just bear with me for just a minute. I'm almost done. The realm of the spirit has jurisdiction over this natural realm that you live in. And when you come into alignment with God's thoughts, God's ways, God's desires, regardless of what it looks like out here, what you're actually doing is you are practicing faith. You are practicing hope. You are anchoring your hope and your faith in an unseen realm, which actually supersedes and has jurisdictional authority over this natural realm that we live in. That's why through faith, we can partner with the word of God. We can partner with the promises of God, and we can be a part of this thing that causes what God has spoken, what God has promised, what God has declared to come into its manifestation in the natural. But what we've got to do is anchor our hope in the fact that what God has promised is already done because that's the thing that gets us up and gets us rejoicing and gets us arising and shining for our light has come. Come on, somebody. That's the thing that gets us up that we can sing and we can shout and we can break forth into singing before we've actually seen the breakthrough. Why? Because we know that God has promised and the simple fact that God has promised is the very substance and evidence that we need that breakthrough is already hours. Now, look, I'm not talking about stuff that's just up in the clouds somewhere. I'm talking about the truth of God's word. You have the ability, you have the authority, you have the right and the privilege as a child of God to stand upon every single word of God. I mean, look, what if God had looked at the darkness, you know, going back to Genesis chapter one, what if God looked around? It was like the darkness was on the face of the deep. Like, what if God looked at it and he was like, look at all this darkness. I can't do anything with this. Look at all this devastation. Look at all this. This isn't going to work. He didn't do that. said the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Yeah, there was darkness. It didn't look like much. But his spirit was hovering over the waters and then he began to speak and he began to declare. And I just want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to invite you. and I want to give you permission. Whatever this last year has looked like for you, whatever you've gone through, whatever you've experienced. And I say this all the time that the last thing in the world that I would ever want to do on this show 
or in preaching or or in any aspect like that would be to somehow undermine what you've gone through. All right, that's not my intention. It's not my intention to say that it doesn't matter because it does. God knows every tear that you've cried. God knows every issue that you've faced. God knows every bad day that you've had. God knows every time where you've questioned something. God knows all of it. He knows every single thing that you've gone through. He hasn't forgotten about that. He doesn't belittle that. But I do want you to know that you can anchor your hope in something higher. You can anchor your hope in the faithfulness of God, in the goodness of God, in the promises of God. And you can walk through today, tomorrow, this year. You can walk through life with the joyful anticipation and expectation that knowing on the inside of you that what God has promised, that what God has spoken, that what God has declared, that that thing that he showed you 15 years ago that you've been wondering, when is this going to happen? When am I going to see this thing? Grab a hold of that like never before and stand in the faithfulness of God. Stand on the promises of God and in the reality that what God has spoken, that it's not something that maybe is going to possibly happen someday, but it's actually already done. It's already been accomplished in the realm of the Spirit. And we partner with that word. We partner with that promise when we stand in agreement with what God has said. Well, thank you guys so much for being a part of the Simple Power Podcast. If you would share this with somebody that comes to your mind that you think would be able to benefit from this discussion as well, that would really mean the world to me. It will help us to continue to grow. So thank you guys so much in advance. I hope that this was a blessing to you. Uh, Feel free to reach out to me with any questions or comments or anything like that on social media or on my website, simplepowermedia.com. And hey, uh, I just invite you to check out simplepowermedia.com anyway for some free resources and training and all kinds of stuff that's available for you there. And as always, I look forward to being back with you next time. Have a great week.